Get ready, Avalanche territory. It's now time for the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans on your home for the most Avalanche content. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Hey everybody, welcome on into the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Mike Evans. Thanks so much for tuning in for another week as uh, we talk all things Avalanche and the NHL. I'll start right with a conversation that Mark Schlereth and I had, Schlereth and Evans in the mornings here on The Fan, uh, in talking with our Avalanche insider, Adrian Dater, from ColoradoHockeyNow.com, and uh, asked him about the statement that the Avs made on their recent three-game road trip through Carolina, D.C., and Dallas. Yeah, it was, it was a great road trip by the Avs. I, I really thought that uh, they just got better and better as it went on, too. I mean, they were they were heavily outshot in Carolina. It kind of got a game that was stolen for them by Pavel Francois. But after that, they just buckled down more. Probably Jared Bednar gave him a good talking to about defensive pressure and Boy, they just kind of dominated the next couple of games against the right teams that really did want to beat them pretty bad. Uh, I know the game against Dallas went into overtime, but uh, I felt like the Avs had that game, uh, you know, played much better team game than Dallas. And um, now they come home and play one before the holiday against Vancouver tonight. It looks easy. It looks Looks like an easy two points, but uh, yeah, there's the old saying: first game back after a road trip can be a tough one. Man, I don't think so. I think the Avs are going to win tonight. Yeah, and then uh, obviously what they uh, what they did, uh, Darcy Kemper, and, and you you mentioned Frankie and his you know the way he played. Um, just the, the goaltending in general was, I think, a question coming in here. Obviously, they yeah. decided not to uh, re-sign Kemper. So, just early early returns on goaltending in general right now with the Avalanche. Yeah, well, it's looking like a very good decision by the Avalanche to to do what they did, which is let let Kemper go, get his big money, and uh, and start over with a new uh, pairing. And uh, it's looking like a genius move again by uh, Joe Sackick. Probably gets that credit. I know Chris McFarland is the GM now, but that, I think that move was made by Sackick and uh, great, great addition. I think with Georgiev, who really looks good to me, young, quick. Um, hungry, you know, um, Kepper looks a little, we don't need to talk too much about him, but let's face it. He, he did, you know, we, we were always a little nervous with him in the net. Uh, I think we'd be a lot more nervous if he was our guy for five more years at $6 million. So the Avs are paying under that for both these guys. And, uh, you know, so it's just a, uh, looking good there. I mean, the goaltending was what won them those three games, and and it, you know, nothing against Darcy Kemper. I mean, the guy did his job, but uh, boy, the Avalanche look a lot better in goal moving forward for the next few years. I think than, than the Washington Capitals are right now with a six million dollar man Darcy Kemper. Visit with Adrian Dater, our Avalanche insider, and and I want to talk about. Kale McCarr, Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon. Because in a, in a sports city right now where you look at the other teams and you see poor management, poor coaching, poor culture, I, I look at the Avs and, and I look at these three and the standard that they have set and the standard that they hold to themselves and to everybody else. you got three guys who easily, coming off winning the Stanley Cup, coming off a short offseason – 
knowing it's a long season, could easily say, ah, we're banged up right now. We're missing some guys. We're still trying to replace some guys who aren't here anymore. Hey, we can coast a little bit. But yet they refuse, and they they have no problem hoisting these this team up on their shoulders if necessary and delivering. And, and I think that it needs to be highlighted and talked about and celebrated what these three are doing right now. Yeah, Kel McCarr, first guy to ever to 200 points uh, as a defenseman, fastest of anybody in NHL history. Not a bad thing to say when some guys in, in the competition list include guys like Bobby Orr, Paul Coffey, etc. Uh, you know, McKinnon is, is who he is. He's just, uh, you know, he transformed his whole career by going to a new diet, by just doubling down on everything he wanted to do in his career getting really, really serious about everything. And uh, Randon is just a, a horse. I mean, I think that Miko, Miko Randon right now is a candidate for the Hart Trophy. Uh, his points per game are phenomenal. He, he's leading. He's, he's scoring big goals. He's, he's, he's playing good defensive hockey, too. He's physical. I mean, he's just turned into a great player. And, uh, you know, don't forget who they're still missing and, and guys are coming by. I mean, Landis Gog will be back. Bo Byram, Sam Gerrard, uh, you know, Val Nachushkin. So I think this has been a potential turning point of the season, how that, that road trip turned out, knowing that they can still win without some key guys. And when they come back, they're going to be that much tougher. Uh, any, any uh, just a final one for me, any concerns you look at and you say, well, there's, there's anything that, that bothers you about this team or is it just uh, – you know, wait till wait till uh, the the Stanley Cup playoffs start again because this team is. Low. Well, I think we're still going to talk about the second line center thing, and uh, you know, will that be taken over by Alex Newhook? Will it or or is Evan Rodriguez the new guy that that can lead that position? I still think we're going to be talking about that come the trade deadline. Um, little things like that. They they are last in the league in faceoff percentage. I guess. You know, they proved last year that they were, you know, they could win a cup without being the top face-off team. I think they were third worst. Um, so, eh, you know, penalty killing, eh, still a little iffy at times. But uh, uh, the second-line center position, Mark, is the thing that we're still going to have to address and, and talk about by by the deadline. All right, that's Adrian Data from ColoradoHockeyNow.com, our Avalanche insider right here on Denver Sports Station, Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. And just to kind of expand on some of the things that we talked about with with AD, I I do just want to, and I wrote a column about this at denverfan.com, I am so thankful for the Colorado Avalanche because in a Denver sports scene where we see too much bad coaching, bad play, bad ownership, and losing cultures or cultures that are are good, but you can see the struggle to try to make the leap to that next level. I'm talking about you, Denver Nuggets. You got the avalanche. And I, I think that we should be so thankful for them because they're the standard bearer now, right? And they are the team, the one team in this town that we can trust to do the right thing. And it's not like they were always there. They had to work to it. They had to go through their tough times. It's why I've always said, 
that I believe the toughest thing to do in professional sports is to turn around a culture, is to turn around a culture that has been bad. And they did that. And that is amazing. What an accomplishment. And now to see the way that they are living out that that culture and the way that they are sticking and demanding that that culture be followed. And so when I look at Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and Miko Rantanen, my admiration for these guys is limitless because you have three guys who very easily, very easily could just say, we just won a Stanley Cup. It was. It feels like it just happened yesterday. The offseason was short. We're, we're entering a season that now that we are Stanley Cup champions, we understand how long the grind is. We understand how long an 82-game schedule is. We understand how long the playoff schedule can be. Hey, you know what? Let's save ourselves for the playoffs. Let's just kind of coast through the regular season, especially since we're missing some guys, especially since we're missing Gabe Landeskog and uh, Val Nachuskin and Sammy Gerrard. We we already are trying to replace Naz Kadri and Andre Burakovsky. We're, we're working in a, a new goaltender to replace Darcy Kemper. It would be so easy for these guys to kind of take it easy. And would any of us really blame them for it? I know I wouldn't. So to see the way that this team, these three, their big three, continue to play at such a high level, man, that, that speaks to the kind of standard that has been set by these guys, the standard that they hold themselves to, and how they insist on, on going out even in a time in which – they would be excused if they didn't go all out, but they are. And I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome, and it's what the all-time greats do. And I was talking with Orlando Franklin the other day. He was sitting in for Stink, and we were talking about Kale McCarr. And McCarr became the first, the fastest defenseman, youngest defenseman, to get to 200 points. And when when you look at that accomplishment – Orlando said, geez, you know, here's a guy who at a very young age has accomplished everything, right? He's he's won the Calder. He's won the Norris. He's won the Conn Smythe. Uh, he's won the Stanley Cup. Is this guy going to get satisfied? Is that a risk? And I said, no, because the one thing that you see with the greats, and I, I think Kale McCarr is a great, and will go down as one of the all-time greats, if not the greatest defenseman of all time, is that they never get satisfied. That whatever the motivation may be, for some, winning is is such a such a drug. It's such an amazing feeling that they just want more. That you'll hear the great athletes say, well, you just won a, won a championship. What do, you, what do you do now? You well, go win another one. And, and what's better than the championship you just won? The next one. And I think there's also... Just the, the love of competition, um, the standard that you hold yourself to, maybe the, the fear of failure, or whatever it may be. The thing about the great ones is they never seem satisfied. Look around hockey. Do you get any sense that Alex Ovechkin 
is satisfied with what he's done over the course of a long career? Nope. Guy still goes out, pumps home 50 every year. Does Sid Crosby look like a guy who is satisfied with what he's done? No, of course not. So, and we've had some great defensemen that have come through Colorado that we've watched that played at a high level. Guys like Ray Bork and Rob Blake and uh, Adam Foote. So, no, I don't worry about Kale McCarr getting satisfied. If anything, I think Kale McCarr looks at and goes, all right, I got I got one Norris. This is the first of about eight I'm going to get in my career. Hey, I've got one Stanley Cup. This is the first of, let's say, three or four I'm going to get in my career. So, I don't worry about motivation uh, when it comes to these guys. And I, I think the way that they're playing early on shows that they're not satisfied. They're not content. They burn hot, and I, I think it is tremendous. And, again, it's something that we in this Thanksgiving season should be thankful for and should be hoping that the other teams in town are looking at closely, paying attention to, even studying, saying how can we tap into that formula? How close are we? How far away are we? Uh, one last thought about Makar, by the way, and I've thrown this out here on this podcast before, but – him becoming the fastest to 200 points, again, is a reminder to me, and I feel strongly this way, and I would love your feedback on it, but if I'm starting a hockey team today, I'm starting it with Kel McCarr. You're giving me a choice of any player in the NHL right now today to start my team with, I'm taking Kale. And the Connor McDavid fans, the Austin Matthews fans, uh, the Nathan McKinnon fans, I, I will I will certainly listen respectfully to your arguments, but I'm going to still come back at Kale because you're looking at somebody who for 200 feet of ice dominates on either end. He We know what he can do offensively uh, as an offensive defenseman. Any doubt that if this guy just played forward all the time, played on a, a number one, number two line as a forward, that this guy would be a probably – 30, 35 goal scorer, I, I I think he could easily adapt to that. So you're looking at a, a marvelous offensive defenseman and a guy who's also shown the ability to be a shutdown defenseman on the other end. So either end of the ice, he can impact the game. He could be a dominant player, a difference maker, either end of the ice, never mind all the feet in between. So I would go with Kale McCarr as the guy that I would uh, start my team around. All hail Kale on a, a day, on a, a week in which he uh, reached an incredible milestone. I mean, fastest to 200. I mean, think about the think about the defensemen that have played in this game over the years, the decades, the decades, multiple decades, several of them, great defensemen. And oh, by the way, yes, the NHL is an incredibly fast-paced game, dizzy uh, pace that they play at. But in terms of just raw scoring, oh no, we've had. Uh, eras in, in the NHL where it's been far more high scoring than it is today. And defensemen racking up points at uh, huge numbers. And yet, here's Kale, uh, fastest to 200. So it, it just shows what this, this kid is capable of. And the sky's the limit. And we started talking about this during the playoffs last year. When you start to hear folks, really good hockey people, say, hey, I haven't seen a defenseman like this since the days of Bobby Orr. And Bobby Orr still remains, for for many hockey experts, the gold standard when it comes to defensemen. And honestly, for Cale McCarr to be mentioned in this this guy's breath, I don't think it's um, it's a stretch. Now, what does Cale have to do? 
it's it's now about longevity. Longevity does matter at, at some point. Yeah, there are some guys who get into the Hall of Fame simply based on longevity and stats. Uh, there are guys that get in, they don't have the longevity, but it was so clear, Terrell Davis style. They were it was so clear that for their time, their their era, they were a superstar. They were the dominant guy. And that's why they get in. But Kale Kale's already got uh that that special something that shows you he's a Hall of Famer. He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Now he just does he does need to just kind of just start to string together seasons. Just pile up the numbers, pile up the years, pile up the accomplishments. And this guy could go down, could go down as the greatest of all time. Uh, other things from our conversation with Adrian Dater that we that that we, we had a chance to to talk about the goaltending right now has been tremendous. I want to give a shout out to Pavel Fransos because the backup goaltending role is one that it it takes a a unique player to to be that kind of player to understand. Hey, I, the the main guy is going to be getting 50-55 of the starts. I got to be ready when called upon. Um, I'm going to be the guy that gets the back-to-back game. So some guys might be a little bit tired, but I'm the guy that goes out there in the back-to-back. And and Frankie just is is the is suited perfectly for this role, isn't he? There's there's never a hint of controversy with him. There's never a hint of hey, I should be given a chance to play more. This is a guy who went out and and played and won. Important playoff games for the Avs last year. If anybody would be able to come back and say, hey, I should have an expanded role. I should be able to do more. I shouldn't have to take a backseat to this guy. Honestly, a guy like Frankie could make some of those claims. But he's very comfortable where he is. He likes his situation. He's very good in this role. And boy, did he prove it again last week when he stood on his head and the avalanche absolutely highway robbery stole a game from Carolina. Jared Bednar after the game, just laughing like we stole that game. A rare, rare display of uh, kind of like, are you kidding me? Uh, humor from Jared Bednar was like, are you kidding me? We stole that. We stole it. We had no business winning that game. We stole it. So kudos to uh, Pavel Franzos for once again, uh, showing his value as the uh, as the backup guy. So as we get set for the holiday Thanksgiving weekend, uh, I, I know there's a lot that we are thankful for. I'm just going to say from the sports standpoint, from the hockey standpoint, very thankful for the Avalanche. They are an absolute uh, joy to watch. Uh, they're, they're so easy to root for. They're so easy to, to hold up as uh, a model as the standard uh, of how you want to do things, how you want to conduct yourselves. No, they are, they're checking all the boxes and they, they continue to be uh, the one team in this town that we just know will not let us down. And it's going to be a fun ride. It already has been a fun ride. It's only going to be a fun ride throughout the course of this season. And very thankful uh, for the Colorado avalanche for uh, the kind of entertainment and success that they have provided to us. And I am thankful to all of you, the listeners of the Mile High Hockey Podcast, great hockey fans in this town. Uh, really enjoy chopping it up with you, talking hockey. Uh, you, you you folks know yourself, your stuff, 
and very thankful uh, for the support that you've given this award-winning podcast. See if we can make it two in a row, just like the ads. We're looking to repeat as best podcast in uh, in Denver. So thank you so much for your support, your continuing support, maybe your new support of the Mile High Hockey Podcast. Please tell your friends about it, and we'll see you again here next week. Go Avs. Happy Thanksgiving. This is the Mile High Hockey Podcast.